All right, let's pick up where we left off. We're almost uh, done with the, the book of Mark. Oh, uh, <clears throat> just together. <clears throat> so let's see the last thing happened in, in Mark chapter 11. The last thing happened here was, oh yeah, he's at the temple. So we know where he's at. And the Pharisees, that was the religious people, will just say the pastors and the deacons of a real rigid church, shall you say. So it can all be the same. Oh. Uh, Anyway, oh, my friend Jason was telling me yesterday, because uh, I said, how far can you go back in your genealogy? He says, 1500s, the Dubos came over from France. And I said, wow. And he actually said, when the Catholic Church was killing uh, Protestants. And I thought, ah, you know, I, I remember those, those days. I mean, if you weren't Catholic, uh, you could get killed. I was like, whoa, that big deal was going on. And that's just how strong religious stuff can be. I'm not talking about God and stuff. It's just... Their control, and so that's what was happening here. Jesus is dealing with people that should know. You know, they were running the temple, but even during the days of, remember, First Samuel, Eli, the high priest, his two sons were just wicked. They just, they were fooling around with the girls at the door. They were the, they had women at the door. Nothing wrong with that, but there, it's, uh, it just was going south anyway, and they weren't treating God's tabernacle right they were stealing from the offerings and stuff like that and the the sacrifices they would take the meat you talk about processing deer and whatever okay they're supposed to give all this meat it went to the lord but the, they were going give me that i'm going to take that oh god this is a total disgrace okay anyway so here we are they're at the temple and the and the high priest and the scribes pharisees it's just a group of the religious people that control that temple were mad at jesus and so because he just cleaned out. There it is. Look at verse 28. Uh, he just, by the, anyway, he just wiped out the temple, got all those, and he didn't do it nicely. Remember, he got rid of, he turned over those tables. Can you imagine Jesus? You heard Jesus all your life, and all of a sudden you're with him one day, and all of a sudden he goes, <laughs> he just turns those tables. Well, if you saw what was going on and heard him, he said, this place is a house of prayer. You've made it into a den of thieves. So they came up, look, they came demanding, verse 28, what's going on here? Who gave you the authority to drive out merchants? And I'm going to pour it out before we read it. You don't have to answer everybody. And Jesus didn't either. I'll tell you an answer. No, I'll tell you if you answer one question. So as a Christian, you're not obligated to just do what everybody says. And besides that, the heat of the moment was very important. And boy, Jesus took care of this. And a matter of fact, this is actually... See, he arrived in Jerusalem again, verse 27, as he was walking to the temple. See, he cleared it out the day before. Okay. Uh, so he says, what about John the Baptist? Was he sent by God or not? Look at that. Answer me. Well, my dad would say, answer me, man, young man. <laughs> What'd you do? Okay. Here we go. They talked it over among themselves. Yeah, here goes the politics. If we say God didn't send him, the people will start a riot. For the people all believe strongly John was a prophet. No kidding. Millions of people going out to get baptized. Remember when they got baptized, you know, they were like, and I'm, I'm going to live right, you know. So they said, we can't answer you. We don't know. They actually just said, we don't know. Okay. Notice Jesus said, then I won't answer your question either. You didn't answer mine. I'm not going to answer yours. Oh, that's not Christian-like. Yes, it is too. Very important. Jesus is trying to get these people saved. They're fighting the whole system. Here we go, chapter 12. Here are some of the story illustrations that Jesus gave at that time. So we'd have to know what's going on. Matter of fact, the Pharisees, they knew, and I think it's going to say here in a moment, they knew that story was about them. So here we go. A man planted a vineyard and built a wall around it and dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice. I mean, see how where we're going with this. You know, you just got to 
Christianity is not about not drinking, that's for sure, okay? You wouldn't even want to have this stove. Well, we can't use that one because we don't want to get people. We don't want, and nobody at our church drinks wine. <sighs> Where did you get that from? Okay. Then he leased out the farm to some tenant farmers and moved to another country. Okay, this guy built this place, he owns this place, and then he leased it to somebody and he left. All right. At great picking time, he sent one of his men to share, uh, to collect his share of the crop. Now, remember Jesus telling the story? Okay, well, he's going to tell you what it's about. But the farmers beat up the man and sent him back empty-handed. The owner then sent another of his men who received the same treatment. Only worse, his head was seriously injured. The next man he sent was killed. Later on, others were beaten or killed until there was only one left, his only son. Boy, now we know where Jesus is going with this. <laughs> he finally sent him, thinking they would surely give him their full respect. But when the farmers saw him coming, they said, we, he will own the farm when, he's, when his father dies. Come on, let's kill him. Which is what they did to Jesus. That's why I told this story. Oh, so many. In the book of Acts, which was a couple of months after Jesus was raised from the dead, there's a place in there uh, right in chapters 4 and 5 that says many of the priests believed in Jesus. I mean, they all knew, oh, he's... Anyway. But when the farmer saw him... Okay, we read that part. Uh, oh, yeah. So come on, let's kill him. Then the farm will be ours. So they caught him and murdered him and threw his body out of the vineyard. What do you suppose the owner <laughs> will do when he hears what happened? He will come and kill them all. Wow. You know, Jesus is coming back on a white horse one day. Man. You read about what's going to happen someday. We're going to see him in the cloud. The, the world's going to say for the rocks to fall on him. That's because they don't want him. Even in the light of everything, they don't want him. Anyway. We do. We will. A lot of them will. What do you suppose the owner will do when he hears what happened? Okay, he'll come, kill them all, lease the vineyard to others. Don't you remember the verse in the scriptures? The rock the builders threw away became the cornerstone, the most honored stone in the building. This is the Lord's doing, and it is an amazing thing to see. So Jesus just laid out what's been going on. All these prophets in the Old Testament from, uh, he called Abel, you know, in another verse, and either, I guess it's Matthew, telling the same story, all the way to Zechariah, whom you killed between the altar and whatever the uh, uh, door or something like that. The Jewish leaders, look at that, they wanted to arrest him then and there for using this illustration. <laughs> See, for they knew he was, pointing, he was pointing at them. They were the wicked farmers in his story. So see, you don't have to call a preacher to go find out what's this about. It's right there. It tells you. But they were afraid to touch him for fear of the mob. So they left him and went away. Anyway. But the other religious and political leaders, uh, excuse me, but they sent other religious and political leaders to talk with him and try to trap him into saying something he could be arrested for. So they'll never get this. And they'll never get you either. They won't. I don't care. Some people think they're so smart. They'll go, yeah, but Richard, what about evolution? This place has been around billions of years. Spirit of God will tell you what to say. You can either address it by the facts or the Spirit of God will tell you something. What are you worried about time for? You know? But, hey, time's on our, on our side. <laughs> it's so funny to realize our son, our son cannot be more than 100,000 years old. They can say all they want to about billions of years. Our son ain't been out there that long. The other cool thing is there's things called blue stars, and they're scratching their head wondering why they're still blue. They're supposed to see if it's billions of years, they wouldn't be blue. We got a bunch of blue ones means new, you know. They ain't been burning long. 
lot of things. Remember, the Bible says that it's the, the heavens declare the glory of God. It doesn't say the heavens declare evolution. <laughs> Everything around you. Anyway, teacher of these spies said, we know you tell the truth no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> liars. You're not influenced by, influenced by the opinions and desires of men, but sincerely teach the ways of God. Now tell us. They get the punchline. Is it right to pay taxes or not? Now we know this story, but let's watch it roll out. Now, I love it. Uh, he knew their trick. Show me a coin, I'll tell you. When they handed it to him, he said, whose picture and title's on this coin? They replied, the emperor's. All right, he said. If it's his, give it to him. But everything else that belongs to God must be given to God. In other words, what do you look like in the mirror? <laughs> Your image of God. Yeah. Anyway, they scratched their heads and they were baffled at his reply. Then the Sadducees, and I always like to say, and I thought the Baptist or whoever it was, they were great. They're sad because, you see, because they, they don't believe in a resurrection. You know, you know, A group of men who say there's no resurrection. See, so you, you would have read your Bible, you would have found out, what's a Sadducee? And you would have read the Pharisees were called real strict. They had all these rules. Wash up to the elbows, do this, do that, do all these rules. Don't do a bit of work, you know. Jesus heal a guy and say, hey, take up your mat and go home. And they'd say, hey, you can't pick up that mat. Who told you to do that? But these guys here don't believe in a resurrection. A group of men who say there's no resurrection. Here's their question. You know the story. The guy with the, his wife and the woman marries all three of the brothers because all the brothers died. Moses gave us a law that when a man dies without children, a brother must marry his widow and have children in his brother's name. Well, there were seven brothers. Oh, really? The oldest died and left no children. The second brother, now remember, they're trying to point out, if you're dead, you're dead. Watch Jesus' simple reply here. <laughs> then the next brother married her and died without children. So, and so on until all were dead, and still there were no children. Last of all, the woman died. Okay. What we want to know is this. In the resurrection, whose wife will she be? For she has been, had been the wife of each of them. You know what I mean? Just thinking about it, it just it, would it matter? I'm just glad there is a resurrection, you know? Anyway, but let's keep going. Look what Jesus said. Your trouble is you do not know the scriptures. Yeah, but what's the scripture? Uh, believe me, your Bible is the scriptures because Jesus keeps referring back to almost every book that we have in the scriptures. Anyway, and you don't know the power of God. For when seven brothers and, a, and the woman rise from the dead, what do you mean if? No. When these seven brothers and the woman rise from the dead, praise God, they won't be married. They're going to be like the angels. Well, I've never seen an angel. I mean, you know, I mean, stories in the scripture or whatever that uh, I would be envious of. Well, those angels got it made. <laughs> you know, yeah. Wow. Nothing wrong with that. That's the reason we have stories about, well, get your harp out. You're fixing to be, <laughs> you're fixing to be with the angels. Anyway, but now it's touching whether or not there'll be a resurrection. Because he knew. Have you never read in the book of Exodus? Now, wait a minute. Now, look, Jesus is authenticating that book, isn't he? And, the, and he's also told the burning bush happened. Ah, it was just figurative. No, it wasn't. The voice in the burning bush was Jesus. God said to Moses, I am. And his key here is, I am the God of Abraham. And I am. He didn't say I was. And I am the God of Isaac. And I am the God of Jacob. God was telling Moses that these men, though dead hundreds of years, were still very much alive. Notice he didn't say they're soul sleeping, as some people try to say. Well, when you die, we're all going to be sleeping in the grave till 
the clock ticks, or in other words, the resurrection after the book of Revelation, a thousand years, whatever. Oh, please. They're still very much alive, for he would not have said, I am the God of those who don't exist. Look at this. You have made a serious error. Now, I know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I have the script. They didn't go to church. They knew God. But they didn't have a preacher. They didn't do a lot of things we say and whatever. We try to evaluate whether somebody, I don't know if you're going to make it or not. I mean, Jacob, his mother was, he and his mother were in on a con game. He dressed up as his brother, had hairy arms. He had skin of a a goat on him. And he even told his mother, says, Dad's going to (laughs) know. And he's going to curse me. And and his mom, Rachel, no, it's not Rachel, uh, Rebecca. Rebecca said, his curse be on me. You do as I tell you. You know, we're not perfect, okay? We've all made mistakes. But look at that. Jesus said, they're, going, they're in heaven, buddy. And anyway, he said, you made a serious error. One of the religious, uh, one of the teachers of religion, see, that's who these guys were, who was standing there listening to the discussion, realized Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, now watch this. This is good too. Just set you a heart at peace here. What's the most important? The one that says, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is only is the one and only God. In other words, we don't need any other gods. I got that one. Thou shalt have no other gods. Because the rest of them are just wood, clay. They're not there. And you must love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is, look at this. You must love others as much as you love yourself. No other commandments are greater than these. Which is, you know, if you think about... What do I need to do? I hear it even at work. Well, I hear people say, well, just do unto others. <laughs> They'll say that, and I'm like, I get it. I know what you're talking about. The teacher of religion replied, sir, you have spoken a true word in saying there's only one God and no other. And, I'm, and I know it is far more important to love him with uh, all my heart and understanding and strength, okay, and to love others than to, all, than to offer all kinds of sacrifices on the altar of the temple. Realizing this, the man's, uh, the man's understanding, Jesus said, you're not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one tried to ask him another question. Later, see, it's the same day going on, whatever time. For, as Jesus was teaching the people in the temporary, he asked them a question. Why do your religious teachers claim that the Messiah must be a descendant of King David? That's why these genealogies are important. You know? And like I say, you and I are smart enough to go back at least, well, I know who great granddaddy is. And you might know a great great granddaddy if you've talked, you know, you and you could know a couple more down. You you know yours. It's there because we, we all came down, you say from Adam, yeah, but you also came down from Noah because everybody was blown off with a flood, and it was just Noah and his wife and his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Okay. So why does the Messiah have to be a descendant of King David? For David said, himself said, And the Holy Spirit was speaking through him when he said it. God said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Since David called him Lord, how can he be his son? He's just pointing out that he'd be thinking about these things, you know. In other words, who am I? All right. Uh, In other words, who is Jesus? This sort of reasoning delighted the crowd and they loved and they listened to him with great interest. Here's some other things he taught them at this time. Notice what he says. Beware of the teachers of religion. See, they're the ones that can get yourself all bound up. And we got people, all the only thing they talk about is fasting, you know. Preacher gets up there, and he gets off on his fasting kick. I remember 
just for fun, I'd turn my radio on when I have. I used to be down at the lake, like where Phil's at, and I'd ride up here to go to church, and I'd listen to this one guy just for fun because I didn't believe a thing he said. And uh, he got on the women. Every time he got on the women, it was I, I was just counting. I said, okay, okay, and here goes the makeup. Women, not supposed to be wearing no makeup, you know, not supposed to. They were holiness, you know. The whole thing was about the women. Yeah. Yeah. God, don't be wearing no makeup. Don't this. Anyway, beware of the teachers of religion, for they love to, look at this, they love to wear robes of the rich and scholarly and to have everyone bow to them as they go through the markets. They love to sit in the best seats in the synagogue and places of honor at banquets, but they shamelessly cheat widows, in other words, follow the money, out of their homes and then cover up cover up the kind of men they really are. They pretend to be pious by praying long prayers in public. Because of this, their punishment will be greater. So their prayers are not real prayers. They're doing it in front of people. Okay. Look at this. Then he went over to the collection box in the temple and sat and watched the crowds uh, drop in, in their money. Some were very rich, put in large amounts. Then a poor widow. Now watch this. What's this got to do with it? A poor widow. I don't even... Interesting. I mean, remember, Jesus knows this woman's name. He knows what she's thinking about, whatever. And he's going to use this woman to tell us something. She dropped in two pennies. He called his disciples to him and said, hey, that poor widow has given more than all these rich men put together. For they gave a little of their extra fat while she gave up her last penny. Oh, my God. Well, I've done that before too, and probably everyone in this room has. And we've watched what happened. Look, we're still here. God somehow has taken care of us. And look what she did. And that's just out of honor to the Lord. The Lord said, do that. Oh, no, no, dear. Don't do that. No, do it. You bring your sacrifice. Even if it's your only goat you've got, take it to Jerusalem, you know. God, because that's just so wonderful to, have, to prove the Lord in your life. Yeah, but that's your last dollar. No, it won't be. Mm. Look at this. Here we go. As we were leaving, verse 13, I mean, chapter 13, that day. See the time frame? This goes so fast. This only goes to 16. It's over with. He, matter of fact, he's fixing to be before Pilate in uh, 14 and 15 and 16. It's probably, I think it's more like 15. But anyway, here's, we'll see what happens. As he was leaving the temple that day, one of his disciples said, Teacher, what beautiful buildings these are. Look at the decorated stonework on the walls. Jesus said, Yeah, look. <laughs> They're all going to be a bunch of rubble soon. <laughs> well, they knew it was going to happen if he said so. There will be not, for not one stone will be left upon another except for ruins. Now, the Romans tore that place up in, in about 50 years after this, 60, 70 years, something like that. They tore it to pieces. As he sat on the slopes of the Mount of Olives across the valley from Jerusalem, so it's kind of like, whoop, you can see it over here. <sighs> Let's see. Oh, Peter and James and John, Andrew... Remember, James and John are brother, and Peter and Andrew, they're brothers. They got alone with him. Look what they did. And asked him, just when's all this going to happen to the temple? Will there be some warning ahead of time? Wow. Let's see what he says. Jesus launched into an extended reply. Now, look at the way he puts it. Don't let anyone mislead you. We get all kinds of help. And, well, did you know I had a vision? And this is what's, nah, this is it. They'll come declaring themselves to be your Messiah and will lead many astray. Woo. And wars will break out near and far, but this is not the signal of the end of time. So Jesus is talking about the end of time. 
And here we are, 2,000-something years later than when he said this, and we've seen a lot of wars. Even before World War I, World War II, and all this. Prior to that, there was just a lot of wars. For nations and kingdoms will proclaim war against each other. We saw that. There's going to be earthquakes. We've seen that. Famines, hello. These herald only the early stages of anguish ahead. For when these things begin to happen, watch out, for you're in great danger. You'll be dragged before the courts. Boy, you can see now, it's, it's kind of like, they're not going to let this stuff happen in America, are they? You know? Well, they're trying to keep people from going to church under the guise of you know, health or whatever. And we saw some things on TV this year for arresting pastors. Yeah, but it's because of the, well, hold on a minute. Wow. Should they be doing that? And then Supreme Courts in these states are overturning that, saying they do not have any right to send people to jail because they meet. Anyway, anyway, here we go. You'll be dragged before the courts and beaten in synagogues. Yikes. Accused before governors and kings for being my followers. This is your opportunity to tell them the good news. And the good news must first be made known in every nation before the end of time finally arrives. Now notice Jesus is way ahead of us here and this is what we have seen in these 2,000 years. The gospel has not just been in the Middle East around Jesus. It, the book of Acts showed how it branched out. But anyway, now every continent, I'm going to be a missionary to New Guinea. Oh good, whatever. We hear stories all the time. The good news must first be made known to every nation. Okay, then the end time finally comes. But when you are arrested and stand trial, look at this. Don't worry about what you're to say in your defense. Just say what God tells you to. Notice, you mean God's going to actually, yeah, he's in all of us. It doesn't matter. I don't have to go, oh, I better help so-and-so. They're, they're going to be panicking. No, Jesus will take care of that. Then you will not be speaking, but the Holy Spirit will. Wow. Wow. Anyway, brothers will betray each other to death. Why? Because of Jesus. And you know, take a type and shadow from what's going on. And I mean, we got, can you believe the, the, the outright, man, you want to call it the far left or you want to call them crazy Democrats? They just assume you were dead. Just over Republican and Democrat stuff. Anyway, and they know our policy. They don't want us going after, uh, you know, uh, abortion, you know, stopping that stuff. And they don't want... It's, it's a lot of stuff on the table here. Anyway, fathers will betray their own children and children will betray their parents to be killed. Whoa. And everyone will hate you because you are mine. <laughs> but all who endure to the end without renouncing me will be saved. Well, I'm for that. Praise God. When you see the horrible thing standing in the temple, look at this. He says, reader, pay attention. Flee if you can to the Judean hills. Hurry if you are on your rooftop porch. Don't even... Go back into the uh, into your uh, to return for your money. Woe to pregnant women in those days and to mothers nursing their children. And pray that your flight will not be in winter. Notice how we were just talking about prayer. Man, prayer always is going to work. Look at that. Praise God. For those will be such days of su such horror as have never been since the beginning of God's creation, nor ever will be again. And unless the Lord shortens the time of calamity, not a soul in the earth will survive. But for the sake of his chosen ones, he will limit those days. Wow. Luke tells this same story, but he inserts a little phrase and he says, not one of the hairs of your head will perish. Wow. Say, Richard, you, you saying we're going through revelation? I'm not saying anything. We're just reading what he says right here. No matter what you deal with, praise the Lord, you know, you're protected. If you read the book of Revelation, you'll notice you're not going to be around. 
Anytime you think you're present, you're protected. Don't, just don't worry about that. And then if anyone tells you this is the Messiah or that one is, don't pay attention. There'll be many false messiahs. They're called Antichrist in the King James Version. And false prophets who will do wonderful miracles that would deceive, if possible, even God's own elect. Take care, I've warned you. After tribulation ends, then the sun will grow dim, the moon will not shine, the stars will fall, the heavens will convulse. Boy, that's going to be a sight. You know? I just have to be looking up going, I'm in a hot tub. I'm looking up and going, wow, there's, there's this. And these same things, and all of a sudden, they're moving. <laughs> Whoa, something's happening. You know? Then all man, look at this, all mankind, and we're with him. I mean, we're, we know this. They're going to see me, the Messiah, coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And don't worry, you and I are not in trouble. We are not. And I'll send out the angels, look at this, to gather together my chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest bounds of heaven, of, excuse me, of earth and heaven. Now, learn from the a lesson from the fig tree, okay? So nothing very deep here. It's just, hey... It's a seed. Hey, it's a tree. It's growing. Uh, when its buds become tender and its leaves begin to sprout, you know spring has come. Hey, I got it. And when you see these things happening that I've described, you can be sure my return. Now, now let's hold up a second. Why is he saying return? He's here now. Because see, see how far ahead of us he is and the disciples are listening here? They don't know he's leaving until they finally watch him go. They're going to see him die shortly. But then he's going to be alive again. Then all of a sudden he's gone. He doesn't say, hey, I'm going to be around with you. Let's get rolling. Let's get this gospel preached. No. Remember, he said, I have to go. If I don't go, the Holy Spirit can't come. Okay. Anyway, so here we are. You can be assured that I am right at the door. Yes, all these events will signal the end of the age. Look at this. Heaven and earth shall disappear, but my words will stand forever. What an amazing thing to say. However, no one, not even the angels in heaven, nor even I myself, know the day or the hour when these things will happen. Only the Father knows. And since you don't know when it'll happen, stay alert. Be on the watch for my return. My coming can be compared with that of a man who took a trip to another country. He laid out his employees' work for them. Remember, he's talking to his disciples here. So that's us. This is what he wants us to do. He laid out his work for while he was gone, told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. Keep a sharp lookout. For you don't know when I'll come at evening, midnight, early dawn, or late break. Don't let me find you sleeping. Watch for my return. And this is, uh, excuse me. Yeah, this is the mess, my message I give to you and to everyone else. Okay. Oh, uh, let me look just a second here. Golly, see, see, it's funny how they did this. And they, uh, that one there, <laughs> they just didn't know when to stop. Here we go. The Passover. Oh, the, the Passover. Observance began the next two days. This is it right here. He's going to be killed. The annual Jewish holiday uh, when no bread made with yeast was eaten. The chief priest and the other Jewish leaders were still looking for an opportunity to arrest Jesus secretly and put him to death. Now, hold up just a moment. Passover meant what? They were celebrating getting out of a place that never happened. No, it happened. Another thing, that yeast with no bread. That was because you were in a hurry. We don't have time for the bread to rise. We are getting away from Pharaoh. We're going tonight. That's the purpose of the yeast. That's not something you learn in preacher school. You read it in the book of uh, Exodus. That's why. So it all reflected, we're no longer slaves. We're out of here. God rescued us. There was no way that could happen without him. Let's keep going. But we can't do it during the Passover. These are the bad guys. For there'll be a riot. So they had to do it. Remember they did it at night. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany. Look at this. In the home of Simon the leper. You reckon he's still a leper? Nay, no way. 
But it's interesting, isn't it? They point that out. During supper, a woman came with a beautiful flask of expensive perfume. Then breaking the seal, she poured it over his head. Some of those at the table were, that means they're angry among themselves. What a waste. Now, the head guy of that anger was Judas. Another gospel tells you. He spoke up and said it. Why she could have sold that perfume for a fortune and given the money to the poor. They snarled. And actually, the other, it's either Luke or Matthew or John. I don't think it's John. And I think, anyway, nonetheless. Judas said, he said this because he often took money out of there too. See, he kept the money. Oh, y'all keep your money with me. I'll make sure it gets, yeah, he was dipping out of it. Let her alone. Why berate her? Look at this. That's what Jesus said. She's doing a good thing. Now notice, remember, they, they have no idea that he's going to get killed. You always had the poor among you, and they badly need your help, and you can aid them, whatever you want to, but I won't be here much longer. What kind of statement is that to say at dinner time? She has done what she could and has anointed, look at this, anointed my body ahead of time for burial. These things were not clicking to them. And fine, I mean, all of a sudden he was going to be dead. Wouldn't you imagine going, God, don't you remember the night he ate just last night? And he said that woman, God, Jesus knows so much about the future. Yeah, he's God. Anyway, I tell you this in solemn truth, and we're fulfilling this today. Look at this. Wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and praised. Well, there we go again. There's your miracle right there. Okay. Then Judas Iscariot, see, there he is. You know, he went to the chief priests and arranged to betray Jesus to them. He probably got ticked off at that little story. I mean, at that event. When the chief priests heard why he had come, they were excited, happy, promised him some money. So he began looking for the right time and place to betray Jesus. You know, I just read my Bible, just clicking along. I understand the book of Amos, the book of Joel, whatever. It's not hard. They tell you, I was living during the days of King Hezekiah. Well, if you read the days of King Hezekiah, they were all worshiping idols. Hezekiah was a good guy, but the nations, the nation was split. Worshiping idols, some were worshiping God, all this kind of stuff. Okay, but the point is, this little guy named Amos, I'm just making using his name. I don't know which one it is. But he occasionally, they kick off and they start telling some stories about something's going to happen in the future. And guess what? They point out that somebody is going to be bought and betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. I'm like, oh, I know that story. Yeah. Well, that's what happened. Anyway, oh, Judas went there and they gave him 30 pieces of silver. Shooey. Anyway, here we go. So on the first day of the Passover, the day the lambs were sacrificed, his disciples asked him uh, where he wanted to go eat the traditional Passover supper. See, this is going to be the Lord's Supper the night before he died. He sent two of them to Jerusalem. Make arrangements. As you're walking along, notice how he knew. Hey, as you're walking along, you're going to see a man coming towards you carrying a pot of water. Oh, Jesus, really. You know, they, they got so used to this. As he enters, at the house he enters, tell the man in charge, our master sent us to see the room you have prepared for us where we will eat the Passover supper this evening. Can you believe this? He didn't say, hey, see if they got a room for rent. This place was already set. He'll take you upstairs to a large room all set up. Prepare our supper there. So the disciples went ahead into the city, found everything as Jesus said. And you know, you're going to find everything as Jesus said too in your life. You will. And they prepared the Passover. In the evening, Jesus arrived with the other disciples and they were sitting around the table. So we'll get through this quickly. I solemnly declare, one of you is going to betray me. Remember, there ain't but 12 in there plus Jesus. One of you who's here eating with me. 
Well, great sadness swept over them one by one. They asked him, think about that. Laura asked him, Janet asked him, you know, Phil asked him, you know, Paula asked him. Can you imagine that? And if I was Judas, I asked him, and if you read the other, it might be here. Judas says, is it me? <laughs> Jesus said, yep. <laughs> Golly. Anyway, uh, if you, it, it is one of the 12 eating with me now. Uh, uh, no, he says, I must die as the prophets declared long ago, but oh, the misery ahead for the man uh, uh, by whom I'm betrayed. Oh, he were never born. Ooh. As they were eating, Jesus took bread and asked God's blessing on it, broke it in pieces and gave it to them. Look what he says. Now remember, we get it, but suppose we didn't know. This is my body. Oh, man. He took a cup of wine, gave thanks to God for it, gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said, this is my blood. Look at that. Poured out for many, sealing the new agreement or New Testament, whatever, between God and man. I solemnly declare, look at this, I'll never taste wine. I'll never again taste wine until the day I drink it different kind in the kingdom of God. Well, see, even that statement there... Do everything you can to just get rid of all your do's and don'ts and whatever. All your list of do's and don'ts and whatever, especially some of your favorite ones. Throw them out the door. It's got nothing to do with you going to heaven. Anyway, back to this. He stated, I'm not going to drink this wine again until I drink a different kind in the kingdom of heaven. Will we eat when we get to heaven? Oh, please. When you read the Bible, how are you going to have the marriage supper of the lamb if we can't eat? Well, I'm a spirit now. I don't have food. Jesus in a resurrected body, he ate bread, he ate fish, he even told him, he says, after he said, look, I'm not a spook, look, see the wounds, <laughs> you know, and he said, give me a piece of that. He was cooking fish one day after he was resurrected in the book of John. Anyway, and he said, bring some more fish, and they did. Look at that, then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. You know, this wasn't a down, they were, wow, they, they had like a campfire dinner together, now Watch what happened next. He says, now look, I want to tell you something. You're all going to leave me. Can you, this blew them away. And of course, within a few hours, they did. Peter said, oh, I won't. Oh man, I'm with you all the way. Jesus, that's when Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. Peter couldn't believe he did that. I mean, about himself. He went away crying. Let's read it. All of you will desert me, Jesus said. For God has declared through the prophets, I'll kill the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. That's one of those little books over there that you'd read. You go, whoa. And it's not about this. It's about something going on with the Israelite kings. But the prophet goes off and says something downrange. But after I'm raised to life again, I'll go into Galilee and meet you there. Now that went over their head till after he was resurrected. He said, I'm going to go back to my hometown. Look at that. Peter said, I'll never desert you no matter what the others do. I'm proud of him. I bet you everybody in this room would have said that, but we would have all been shocked that night. <laughs> now remember, Peter did still sneak in, and so did John. They were still there hiding. You know. Peter, Jesus said, before the cock crows the second time tomorrow, you'll deny me three times. Now, can, you, can you imagine? Jesus knew that. No, Peter, look at that, exploded. Not even if I have to die with you, I'll not deny you. You know, Jesus didn't bring this up after the resurrection and say, you know, I'm still a little ticked off that you didn't stand. No, it, it's got nothing to do with it. Yeah. Jesus, I mean, excuse me, Peter broke into some cussing too, didn't we'll see it, I think. Oh, yeah. And all the others, they vowed. Oh, no, they said the same thing. Peter has a good thing to say. Oh, Lord, I'll, I'll die with you. Oh, yeah, right. 
And now they came to the Mount of Olives called the Garden of Gethsemane. He instructed his disciples, sit here while I go and pray. Now this was just not even, it's like being at Big Springs Park out there. Say Jerusalem's up there where Huntsville downtown is. He took Peter, James, and John with him and began to be filled with horror and deep distress. What? Yeah. He said to them, my soul is crushed to sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell down and prayed that if it were possible, the awful horror awaiting him might never come. Father, Father, he said, everything's possible with you. Take away this cup from me, yet not what, yet, yet I want your will, not mine. Okay. Then he returned to the three disciples, and boy, that wine had kicked in, hadn't it? Look at that. They were asleep. Simon, asleep? Couldn't you watch with me one hour? Watch and pray and pray that the tempter, excuse me, and pray lest the tempter overpower you. For though the spirit is willing, the body's weak. Well, of course, it didn't work. Remember, they, they still slept. And he went away and prayed, repeating his pleadings. Again, he returned to them, found them sleeping, for they were very tired. They didn't know what to say. The third time when he returned, he said to them, sleep on. Look at, look at this. Sleep on. Get your rest. Oh, nope. The time for sleep has ended. Look, I am betrayed into the hands of wicked men. Come, get up. We must go. Look, my betrayer is here. Now, all these guys had to go, I don't see nobody. And all of a sudden, a couple of seconds later, you know, I was watching. It was an old Saturday Night Live, and it was Bill Murray. He was Superman, you know, and he was married to whatever, Lois Lane, one of those. And every time the door would knock, Superman would say, oh, that's so-and-so. That's <laughs> because he's got the vision or whatever, you know. But the point is, everything Jesus was saying here, he knew. And immediately, look at that, while he was still speaking, here comes Judas. One of the disciples arrived with a mob equipped with swords, clubs, sent out by the chief priest and the Jewish leaders. See who was behind him? Judas had told him, you'll know which one to arrest. Remember, it's nighttime. I'll go over, actually kiss him, and you can take him easily. So as soon as they arrived, he walked up to Jesus. Master, he exclaimed, uh, embraced him with a great, uh, you know, uh, with a great show of friendliness. Then the mob arrested Jesus and held him fast. But someone, see, Peter didn't run yet. This was Peter. It says so in another gospel right here, doesn't it? Someone pulled a sword. and He wasn't trying to carve. I'm sure he was swinging and that guy ducked. All right. Slashed at the high, look, whoa. Why was this guy's servant there? These people hated Jesus and he sent his servant. Anyway, but one of the disciples said, I'll tell you, I've had it. I'm coming after these guys. Boy, he cut off his ear. Now, Jesus asked them, am I a dangerous robber that you've come armed to the teeth to capture me? Now, remember, we were just at the temple. Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day. See, he's proven that you couldn't get me because I'm God. Nobody was going to get me. He said, my life is mine to, to lay down and to take back up again. But these things are happening. Look at that. To fulfill the prophecies about me. Boy, it just tells you. Boy, I need to be reading my Bible. Meanwhile, there they go. They all fled, the disciples. There was, however, a young man, and he's going to be a midnight streaker. Watch this. A young man followed along behind, clothed only in a linen night skirt. When the mob tried to grab him, he escaped, though his clothes were torn off in the process, so he ran away completely naked. Now, the guy that wrote the Bible was probably drunk here. You know, No, it just happened. Look at the details we have. Jesus was led to the high priest's home. This is at night where all the chief priests and the other leaders were soon gathered. Peter followed along behind. So see, he was, he was there and slipped inside the gate of the priest's residence and crouched beside a fire 
among the servants. Inside, the chief priests and the whole Jewish supreme court were trying to find some way to, well, we got to nail him on something. Something that would be sufficient to condemn him to death. But their efforts were in vain. Many false witnesses volunteered, but they contradicted each other. Finally, some, some men stood up to lie about him and said, Well, we heard him say, I'll destroy this temple made with hands, and in three days I'll build it another without human hands. Look at that. But even there, uh, even then, they didn't get their story straight. Look at this. Here's the punchline. We're at 60. We're almost done. Then the high priest stood up. Look at this. It's just like the punchline. Perry Mason right here. And he asked Jesus, Do you refuse to answer this charge? What do you have to say for yourself? This was Jesus. No, to, to Jesus, to this, Jesus made no reply. Then the high priest asked him, are you the Messiah, the son of God? Look what he says. Now, we just heard him. He said this previous chapter. I am. And you're going to see me sitting at the right hand of God. And I'm going to return to the earth in the clouds of heaven. Oh, that's, they, they, hey, they didn't care. Boy, they tore their clothes, meaning they were mad. You've heard his blasphemy. What's your verdict? <laughs> well, the vote for death sentence was unanimous. Then some of them, they began to spit at him. And they blindfolded him and began to hammer his face with their fist. Who'd you hit that time, you prophet? See, even they knew that he knew everything. Even the bailiffs were using their fist on him as they led him away. Meanwhile, Peter was below in the courtyard. One of the maids who worked for the high priest noticed Peter warming him by the fire. Now, remember, he had just heard Jesus the night before saying, those who endure to the end. <laughs> you know, the last three seconds. <laughs> and I believe it's just all because it was so special that night. This is Jesus only. Everybody's, it's like the scripture said, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep are going to scatter. But don't worry about it. It's not about us if we were there that night hanging in there. And truthfully, they actually were, they weren't that far off. They were right. They, they watched even the women from afar when they watched him be crucified. They knew where he was buried. Joseph of Arimathea loaned him his, and Nicodemus, they wrapped him up and they loaned him a grave, you know, whatever. She looked at him closely and said, you are with Jesus the Nazarene. Peter denied it. No, no, no. Cuss, cuss, cuss. And then what happened? I don't know who you're talking about. And he walked over to the edge of the courtyard. <laughs> Somebody else. Oh, that's number one. Just then a rooster crowed. Then the maid, the maid saw him standing there and began telling us, there he is. There's that disciple of Jesus. <laughs> Peter denied it again. Later on, some other ones by the fire said, you're one of them too, for you're from Galilee. He began to curse and swear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know this fellow you're talking about. <laughs> Anyway, immediately a rooster crowed the second time. Look at this. Suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he began to cry. No, I'm stopping, but watch this. That's, notice when that happened. Look at the same story in John. And it's, look at this. 14 right there. We're going to back up one. Look at this. Oh. Yeah, Peter said... Why can't I come now? I'm ready to die for you. Die for me? No, three times before the cock crows tomorrow, you'll deny that you even know me. Look how important a marker is. That's 1338, the next verse. Don't let your heart be troubled. Look at that. That's what was right. You're trusting God. Now trust me. There's many homes. Of the, it's, isn't it something? Yeah. Whatever thing's ready, I'll come and get you. And you're always going to be with me. If it weren't so, I would have told you plainly. 
And, uh, and you know where I'm going, how to get there. Well, Thomas said, we don't know. See, this was that night. They just ate together. We ain't got a, any idea where you're going. How can we know the way? And that's where Jesus said, look, I'm the way. See, that's why we think there's, something, there's some hidden meaning there because it's too obvious. Jesus just said, I'm the way. You know, that's the best answer that when Jesus was, I mean, Jesus, it really is. Phil was asking, um, what's his name? Jim. Jim, yeah, I was thinking Bill. Was asking Jim, what's your take on this Jesus? <laughs> and Jim just goes, it's just Jesus. That's all it is. No hoops, nothing. And it just, you just say, Jesus, if I get to heaven, it's based on you. That's all. And that's why he said, they go, we don't know the way. I am the way. Yes, the truth and the, li- oh, lovely word, life. No one can get to the Father except by me. If you'd known who I am, then you would know who my Father is. From now on, uh, you know him and you've seen him. Oh, that's another spooky one. No, it ain't. Here's the guy that asked. Show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Look what Jesus said. Don't you even know who I am, Philip? Even after all this time I've been with you, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. (gasps) Whoa! So why are you asking to see him? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words I say, they're not my own. They're my Father who lives in me. He does the work through me. Just believe it. That I'm the Father and no, that I'm in the Father and the Father in me. Or else, look at this, just believe it because of the miracles. That's what he was pleading with the, the disciples. I mean, the Pharisees. Keep going. Look at this. I, this is truly, truly the King James. In solemn truth, I tell you, anyone believing me uh, shall do the same miracles I've done and greater ones because I'm going to go to be with the Father. You know why that's so? It's because you and he, you're teamed up with him. Ah, oh, we got to stop. We'll never quit. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We just thank you. We know what happened. We got to see some things. And Lord, Lord, even though, uh, you know, if we were like the disciples that night, we'd all ran too. But we know you love us. But Lord, we will endure to the end like you said. We understand. And Father, we just thank you. If we're feeling bad, whatever, you'll take care of our bodies no matter what. You're there to help us. Praise the Lord. Same thing's true financially. The exact same thing. No matter what financial trouble we could run into, like the woman that had no money and she gave in more money than anybody. You know, you were taking care of her. Anyway, Lord, if it's some other problem, great or small or whatever, it's got our attention this morning. We slow down. We're not going to worry about it. In my father's house, there are many mansions. We're going to believe in you. You're going to take care of those problems. So, Lord, that makes it very easy to go tell other people about Jesus. Go, we just tell them what you've been doing for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory.